Well, after a three-year hiatus, I am back recording my annual March Madness Picks podcast. Two years ago, the tournament was canceled. A year ago, it was a Mickey Mouse bubble tournament where people were getting terrible food delivered in styrofoam to their hotel room. We didn't even know if games were happening. Some games were even canceled as part of the tournament. And, uh, I mean, we did get a national champion. We did go through it. I got a booster shot the day of the uh, national championship, so I felt sick and had to go home. So I am very much, very much enjoyed uh, recording this again. Looking forward to a, a great year recording my picks here. I'm here at my place of work, Awardco, in a soundproof booth, uh, recording this with a ice-cold Coke Zero right next to me. So I am very, very excited to do this. Uh, thanks for listening. If you are uh Looking forward to going through my picks. Hopefully it gives you some ideas of kind of my thought process here. Uh, I'm just going to go through really thoroughly the first weekend of games. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is, of course, the first round and and the second round. So round of 64, round of 32. Uh, Beyond that, it's really speculation. Uh, So as much fun as it is to kind of go into speculation. uh, Obviously, this first round, I want to spend some time of basically setting up a uh, a situation which we, we pick a lot of the games correct, um, hopefully go, you know, 14, 15, 16 for 16, and then setting up a, a second round. Obviously, as you go farther, we're kind of just guessing at that point it's going to be next. So if things go really well here, I might uh, do something for content, do something for the people, record a second weekend one if we do get enough of a a following here and, and, and enough of a, I, I don't know, success. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it if I go, you know, 40% or something. I don't, I don't know if the, the people are going to be demanding that. So uh, hopefully this is something that shows uh, my thought process here, gets you set up for your bracket tournament. Um, and, and maybe even there's some of these where I think a lot of them are pick them and I can kind of give some reasons of, of why uh, you might lean one way or another, why I'm going to go one way or another. Certainly you can, you can take this information and, and go the opposite way and maybe that will set you up for success. And so We'll probably run this back uh, next week as well, as uh, even those games are are quite fun uh, with the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. So I'm going to start out, I think most brackets have us uh, with the West region in the top left. Um, you can check that if you have a printable bracket. Um, you can check, uh, just make sure that Gonzaga is up there in the top left. If, if you're using ESPN or uh, CBS, I do think that they always uh, kind of start with the the top team, Gonzaga, is the top team in the tournament yet again. So I think that they should be the first team there. So really just going to pencil Gonzaga in um, into the first round. Uh, no 16, well, one 16 seed has beaten a number one uh, with UNBC, uh, but really no chance there for, for Gonzaga with, with Georgia State there. So that's a pretty easy uh, pencil in. Uh, the first game that I think really have to start to look at here is Boise State and Memphis. Um, Memphis is a team who had really high hopes coming into the season. So they've got a lot of athletes. Um, they're supposed to win their conference title, um, or at least that's what a lot of pundits and, and people are speculating going in. So, you know, and, and they're playing their best basketball right now. Uh, they're on a little bit of a win streak here. And Boise, uh, part of the Mountain West, which got four teams in, the most ever for, for the Mountain West. And they're a veteran team. So there's a couple things that I look at. And one reason why I'm going to go with Boise State here, actually, um, basically with the 8-9 games, um, they're basically whatever your gut tells you. 
um, and, and maybe some statistics that might help back it up. So what I'm looking for here or what I'm looking at here, if I look at um, some of their stats here, um, and, and my stats are provided by Ken Palm, um, actually a Utah resident who uh, <clears throat> creates all this data, um, probably for college basketball, as far as statistics goes, probably the mo most trusted. Obviously, statistics don't always mean anything, but they can kind of give you a lean here. So uh, Memphis is extremely turnover prone. Uh, they give away the basketball a lot. 352nd <laughs> in the country as far as uh, turnovers go. And there's there's not many more teams than 352. So um, I just don't like teams who are going to turn the ball over and give themselves less possessions. College basketball is a game, especially with the 30-second shot clock, 20-minute halves. I mean, you're turning over the ball. You're giving more opportunities to your, to the other team. And Boise, I think, is a is a veteran team. Um, the only thing with them, <laughs> they're, they're, the knock on them is definitely their free throw shooting. Uh, so, but I'm just going to go with Boise state because of the turnovers. I just, I just don't want it to get to the point where it's it gets a little bit out of control. You know, obviously with, with the pressure high in a March madness situation, uh, and getting out of control and just having a team that turns the ball over. I, I just don't trust that. So I'm going to go with Boise there. Moving down to Yukon, New Mexico state five twelve. um, five twelve for those who are, who are well-versed in March, uh, madness, um, you know, 512 was a common uh, upset special. Uh, and that's just because the way that the seeding works, fives typically tend to be uh, teams from larger conferences who have not done as well, whereas uh, 12s can be teams from smaller conferences who have had pretty good seasons. Um, or also just sometimes these smaller uh, teams, uh, you know, like a New Mexico State or like other 12 seeds are kind of getting hot at the right time and snuck in. We'll get to that with like kind of a Richmond uh, a little bit later. But uh, New Mexico State, I, I don't see this one being that because of the, the statistic that I'm looking at here is UConn is the best offensive rebounding team in the country, uh, according to Ken Palm. And so I just... I just like teams who give themselves more opportunities, especially where I think they're going to have uh, some some size ability just across, you know, one to five. Um, they're just going to have a little bit more size. So I like UConn in this one. I, I think that I'll save the 5-12 upset for another time. So UConn moves on. Arkansas and Vermont. Arkansas is an interesting team. Um, they played in the SEC, which which was one of, if not the best conference as far as depth goes. Uh, they have a lot of teams in the tournament. Um, and, and they've got Eric Musselman, who's really uh, given some life to that program. Um, but I'm going to go with Vermont here. This is actually going to be my first one where I'm going against the green here with picking Vermont. Um, they're a top five field goal percentage shooting team and a defensive rebound. So as much as I was talking about earlier with offensive rebounding and how that works, I mean, I think defensive rebounding is limiting your opponent, especially if you're an underdog to only one opportunity. If you can secure rebounds. And they're a vet more veteran team, which is sometimes I, I lean on these. So this is going to be my first one where I'm going to go with the, the catacombs here. Um, Alabama versus Rutgers and Notre Dame. So I'm recording this on Wednesday. Again, um, we don't know who they're going to play, either Rutgers or the Fighting Irish of uh, Notre Dame. And uh, as much as this pains me to go against uh, David Spock's alma mater, I'm going to have to go with, I think Rutgers actually wins the game, but then I think Alabama beats Rutgers. And, and this is the problem with picking these. You may want to wait until end, end of Wednesday or even Thursday morning. I know that that might make some people mad or maybe make you a little bit anxious waiting till that day. But I just think the matchups change so much here. 
Alabama has a Alabama could beat anybody in the country on any given day, or they could lose to anybody in the country on any given day. I mean, this team has beaten Gonzaga before, but they're not that same team. They're kind of limping in here, but I still think they can get past this team just because I think Rutgers Notre Dame just doesn't have that firepower. Uh, so I'm going to move Alabama forward. Texas Tech Montana State um, again. Some people do like these three uh, fourteens. Um, and I, and I have picked some three fourteens before. Um, but what I like with this one here is for Texas tech is I think Texas tech is a little bit underseated here. They're the top 10 turnover defense, top 70 in all metrics. Again, top 70 may not seem that great, but I mean, to be top 70 in all metrics across the board defensively, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of games played. There's a lot of teams that even in smaller conferences have great defensive metrics because they're playing against, you know, schools who are smaller too. So to, to have that ability to, I just have a lockdown defense. is something that I really favor in a team like Montana state who, who can shoot, who can uh, score, uh, not at a high volume. I mean, they're not a, a really crazy offensive team, um, but also I'm just not going against anybody who, who goes against uh, my Grizzlies of Montana. This is a rival. This is personal uh, to the family. So I'm going with uh, Texas Tech moving on. Uh, Davidson, Michigan State. This one's an interesting one where, like I said, matchups inform a lot, a lot. And I'll get into that um, as we get to the, to the next uh, round. Um, but Davidson versus Duke, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Michigan State Davidson. I kind of gave away where I'm going with this one. I'm actually going with uh, Davidson. Um, I, Davidson can, is a team that can dictate tempo. Um, and, and Michigan State, a lot of people are on them because they got hot in their conference tournament. I actually don't really buy a lot of these teams who get hot in conference tournaments. I might contradict myself later on that, but I just don't love it because you're familiar with these teams. I mean, I'm probably one of the least accomplished high school basketball athletes ever, but I did play on a team that was pretty good uh, my sophomore year of college before uh, they didn't need any more 5'10 white guys. And I, we, we played a team. I mean, I think we played everyone in our region three times. By time you've played a team three, four times, it kind of comes down to a little bit of luck. You've, you've played the team a little bit, so you can figure them out. Even if you're a, a less superior team, it's hard to beat a team two or three times. And that's what happens in these conference tournaments is you're playing these teams for a third or fourth time. Um, so Michigan State is hot right now, but I'm going to lead in Davidson if they can dictate the tempo. Uh, I'm going to pick them there to 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 press forward, um, and then Duke is. Uh, I don't really want to even really dive too much into them and CS Fullerton. I think it's just a a huge mismatch. I don't see this one going, especially with uh, Coach K um, it being his last year. I, I, this just isn't a game where I, I think a CS Fullerton or something like that can sneak up on Duke. I think they're going to be really locked in to try to get past this game. So let's just go up and I'll just get to the, I'm just going to get to the sweet 16 and all of these. So we'll just go back up really quick. Davidson and Duke. Um, I'm going to pick Duke here. Now, if you are going against me and you're saying, Hey, actually conference tournaments do matter. And I really think the Michigan state's hot right now. I would even consider maybe leaning Michigan state here. That's a well-coached team with, with um, coach Izzo. Um, and I think they could get past Duke there just because I think they match up a little bit better uh, than, than Davidson does. And, um, that's just kind of how matchups inform things where, you know, obviously I picked Davidson to uh, beat Michigan state, but if, if it flips, then I give Michigan state more of a fighting chance against Duke. So it's all about uh, winning, when it advance and it gives you a different opportunity uh, depending on that. So I've got Duke 
winning that one. So now we've got Texas Tech, Alabama. Again, I'm going to – defense travels especially where, again, um, the interesting thing about this first weekend is it's a Thursday, Saturday, or a Friday, Sunday game, right? So you you're don't have a lot of time to prepare. I favor defenses in those because you're just not going to have time to catch up to the speed, the athleticism, especially if you're going from uh, you know a 6-11 game to now you're playing a three-seed. I think Texas Tech is a little bit underrated. I think that they're, they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. If you don't know, their coach left to Texas, um, who's also in the tournament. But I think they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder of, of wanting to prove the haters and the leavers uh, in, in the sense of, of their coach, uh, Chris Beard, wrong. So I'm actually putting Texas Tech also moving through there. UConn, Vermont. Um, I think that sometimes 13, or I guess the yeah, 13 seeds here um, can, can beat a five. It's not that common. Um, it has to be a team that you really love. I don't love uh, Vermont moving on. I, I like them to win the first round, but I think that UConn uh, squeezes by there. Um, I just, I just don't think 13s beat fives that much, especially a solid five uh, like UConn. Uh, so I'm going to move that there. And then Gonzaga-Boise is pretty much a done deal there where um, I just don't think Boise's in the same league as uh, Gonzaga. So there for the for the first weekend, uh, I've got Gonzaga, UConn, Texas Tech, Duke. Um, I'm going to go back through and, and at the end of this, um, I'll probably just give you all my picks here, but I'll, I don't want to spend too much time going through them. I'll kind of just let those go through. So now we're in the East. Uh, the East region is Baylor is the number one seed if you're looking at it um, on something that I'm not uh, looking at here if you're looking at it on a different format. But Baylor versus Norfolk State, um, just pushing Baylor through, obviously, uh, defending national champions. Um, they could run into issues later, just not here. Uh, North Carolina Marquette. Um, this is kind of a pick em here as well. Hubert Davis in his first year uh, as, as head coach taking over from Roy Williams. They had a very turbulent season. That's At one point, they were on the bubble. Just people were wondering if they were even going to get in. Interestingly enough, the metrics don't love them because the ACC had a down year. Um, so... You just don't really know. Uh, Marquette, Shaka Smart led VCU and some other, uh, you know, and a couple of VCU teams actually quite deep. So so the coaching there, I, I favor VCU. This is kind of a oh, – sorry, I favor Marquette. Uh, I was thinking of Shaka Smart's old team there. Um, in this current one, I have North Carolina. I could wake up tomorrow, and, and once I finally submit one, it could be Marquette. Um, the good news is this is an 8-9 game where – you probably don't have either of these teams advancing. I don't really think that they have the the ability to move on past even this first round. So kind of just go with your gut here. I'm I'm leaning UNC though, just because Marquette is a little bit more of a streaky ball club. St. Mary's versus Indiana. This is a, a prime example of waiting until you know or kind of seeing what happens. I think that uh, obviously this was a playing game. I I love St. Mary's almost as much as um, some people on CBS uh, love <laughs> St. Mary's. There's always people who, who pick them to, to make these kind of runs. Um, but I just don't necessarily love them against Indiana. If this was Wyoming, I'd have St. Mary's, and debatably I think St. Mary's could maybe even uh, beat, UC, uh, beat the next team, which I have is UCLA. But um, in this case, since they're playing Indiana, I think Indiana might have – the ability to move on here. Historically, we've seen that teams who play in this first four that was introduced recently um, 
do move on even into the Sweet 16 round of 32 for sure. And I think that Indiana is one of those teams that maybe even having this momentum of beating Wyoming might carry them through. So I'm actually going to have Indiana go through here. UCLA and Akron. Uh, again, 13s can beat fours. Um, UCLA made the final four. They lost on that buzzer beater to Jalen Suggs at, uh, from half court uh, against Gonzaga. But, oh, so so with that, I think that they are very capable of making a run again. I think that they kind of, they brought it back Johnny Juzang and some other uh, individuals. I think that they were really kind of floating through this season. I mean, they really wanted to get back to March Madness and prove something. They were really highly rated. I mean, if you're looking for a team that kind of underperformed, it might and it might be able to turn on at UCLA. So I have them get through just based on a talent level here. Texas, Virginia Tech uh, mentioned Texas earlier just because of uh, Chris Beard. And uh, Virginia Tech is one of those teams. Uh, this is where I'm going to slightly contradict myself. They got hot in the ACC tournament. I said I don't always buy into uh, tournaments. Um, in this case, I'm going to slightly just because of this. Because they pl- are playing so well and they won the ACC tournament, I think they have a little bit of momentum. And I think that just the way the ACC worked out this year, I think that a lot of the ACC teams besides Duke are slightly underseeded. Um, and I think in this case, this probably should not be a 6-11. This looks to me more like a 7-10. And 7-10s historically are more pick'ems anyway. So this game seems more like a pick'em to me. So I'm going to go with Virginia Tech um, just because of, of the, their current form versus Texas. You just don't know what they're going to get. They're not a cohesive unit right now. They brought in a lot of transfers because Chris Beard uh, as coach uh, moved in. So this isn't like a core nucleus. It's been around for a little bit. Uh, Virginia Tech, I, I think uh, I'm going to have them move on. Purdue versus Yale. Purdue's a great team, and, and it's always tough for these teams. that They're extremely lengthy. They play great defense. They're in the Big Ten. Um, I'm going to move on. I'm going to have Purdue here. I don't really see Yale having the ability to, to beat this team. Murray State, San Francisco. This is a tough look for my Dons. Um, uh, San Francisco is in the tournament for the first time since, I believe, 1999. So it may be the first time this uh, century for sure. At least it's been a couple decades. Um, I love what that program's doing. I really wanted them to not play against the Murray State. Wanted them to play against a team who would maybe be more caught unawares, right? Maybe maybe um, underrate San Francisco. But by them playing another small school, another mid-major, I just don't think Murray State falls. Murray State's had a spectacular year. They They basically, you know, just drove through their conference play. So I have Murray State going through. Kentucky I have beating uh, St. Peter's. Going back up, I actually have Kentucky also beating Murray State. For those of you who need a geography lesson, if you're you know listening to this during school and need to count that you've learned something, Murray State and Kentucky, both Kentucky schools. There you go. Virginia Tech and Purdue. I'm actually pushing through uh, Virginia Tech. They're a hot three-point shooting team. There's nothing more fun if this game, you know, is, is being played and, and we've got an 11 versus a three. Again, I think that Virginia Tech's very underseeded. I think this could be a a different game. Um, you know, you throw the seeds out the door. Uh, there's there's a, a, a typical uh, saying for you when it comes to March Madness. But I, I think that they could get hot. And, and Purdue, I just don't know if they're going to have the offense to keep up. And that's what happens with a lot of these Big Ten teams. They, they all have great defenses, but sometimes they just get stagnant. Um, so I'm going to put, put Virginia Tech and the Hokies through to Sweet 16. Indiana. I'm also having Indiana move past UCLA. Again, I think that the added ability to, um, to play in the first four, to win that game, to then win uh, your first-round game, 
you kind of have you kind of get into a rhythm and i think that ucla might fall victim to some momentum oddly enough ucla was in this same position where they were in the first four and they moved all the way to the final four i don't know if indiana gets there but i do think that indiana gets through and ucla kind of has to pay for uh taking a little bit of a laissez-faire attitude uh throughout the year baylor beating unc um that one's I don't think is going to be particularly close. I think that there's a couple of teams. I think the one line and the two line in this tournament are pretty high. Um, besides Auburn, I'll get to that in a little bit. But I really just kind of trust the chalk there. I don't think that – I mean, upsets can't happen, obviously. I just don't think it's going to happen for any of these ones um, in these first couple rounds. Moving over to the south region, Arizona is the one seed, again, if you're looking at a different format. Uh Shout out Cole Dixon here with his Zona Zoo uh, being the, the the number one seed here. A lot of people think that they're underrated a little bit just because they're they're playing in the Pac-12 and Gonzaga kind of got enough done in order to get the one seed. Some people do think this is the best team in the country, so I'm going to move them past uh, Wright State or Bryant. Bryant does have the top score in the country in uh, Peter Kiss if they get through to the 16. I don't think that's really going to matter, uh, but it might become a more entertaining game if, if you've got Peter Kiss who who was um, shouting at his opponent's bench and, and getting all riled up. He's kind of a interesting dude. But if your name's Peter Kiss, you probably had a tough high school, so you uh, you probably need to uh, develop some sort of cockiness around you. Seton Hall, TCU. Again, I hate going against my pesky pirates of Seton Hall. Um, I did change my Facebook profile picture to be their logo for well, no, sorry. This was a, you know, how you can do like the uh, uh, profile banner where it's like still your picture, but it comes up. I did change it to the Seton Hall Pesky Pirates, um, but they're just not great offensively. I like TCU. I like them in the Big 12. Um, they've had some good wins. I'm just leaning TCU here. Uh, again, I don't think it's really going to matter that much. This might just give you, you know, 10 points or so if you're doing the ESPN challenge and you can go from there. Houston and Illinois. This the, the South for me was a tough one because it 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 really made me think about um, you know what teams I like. Do I just have biases because I just don't like the team? Why do I trust them? Houston's one of these where historically I've kind of just been I, I never buy the Houston hype, but last year I didn't believe it and they made a Final Four run. Um, granted, I did say that was a Mickey Mouse tournament in a bubble where it wasn't really real, where it's kind of felt like a little bit removed from what March Madness really is without the fans, without some of the added pressure. But then I looked at the metrics here with Ken Palm. They're number four in Ken Palm is the fourth best team in the country. Now, you know, stats may not tell the whole story, but that was shocking to me, especially since they're here on the five line. A lot of people like UAB because UAB, um, had a, has had a great run. Uh, people have been watching them. They've got a guy named Jelly Walker. Um, so that's just kind of the cool allure that some people look like for March Madness. So if you're one of those people who, who likes rooting for uh, a person who you think is going to take over, kind of like a, a Steph Curry or a Kemba Walker or, or other people, maybe UAB and jo- uh, Jelly Walker is that move. I'm just going to go with Houston just for the metrics based here. Again, I, I, I'm, I was shocked at how good they look. Um, according to the metrics. So I'm going to go with Houston. Illinois and Chattanooga. I'm going to go with Illinois here too. I think that both Houston and Illinois, um, you know, kind of uh, just a, a little bit suffered. They kind of had ups and down seasons. Illinois at one point was really pushing for the big uh, Big Ten title. They've looked really good. And then just due to how things uh, broke, um, you know, 
kind of just got put here at the four. So I have both of those teams uh, moving on as the favorites here. No upsets so far on this side, which is actually kind of common uh, for how this bracket went for me, just because I think that um, a lot of these teams here just get it done and none of the the lower seats really jump out to me. Colorado State, Michigan. Um, this might be from, uh, you know, recency bias and just, I think sometimes if you watch a team more, uh, we see this a lot, like in, in the media and stuff. If you watch a team more, you sometimes believe the hype more because you've seen them, you know what they can do versus seeing that. So I'll admit I, I've watched Colorado state quite a bit, just watching mountain West play. I like them a lot. I think that they kind of can make it ugly, can kind of muck it up, but they can win ugly too. Same thing with Michigan. Um, haven't watched an amazing amount of Michigan, but they are on quite a bit on the Big Ten Network, and they are a little bit choppy as well. So I think this one, again, doesn't feel as much as 6-11. I think if you even look at the stats on 11-6 games, they're actually getting a lot, lot closer. These actually play a lot more like a 7-10, where they're a lot closer to a pick um, trending over the years just because, um, you know, college basketball is getting deeper, and a lot of these teams are, are having the ability to, to win games. Um, so this one, I think, is a little bit more of a pick I'm leaning here, Colorado State. If you do want to see, like you know, like I said, this one for me, <clears throat> this side of the bracket has been a lot of chalk. If you think maybe someone's going to muck it up, I, I, would not, uh, I would not hesitate to put Michigan here. I think that they're both kind of uh, great. I'm just going to go with Colorado State having uh, Roddy and being able to shoot the free throw. Uh, if it gets to be close, I think that uh, Colorado State can, can hit their free throws in. And if they're up by any, they'll, they'll steal the deal. So I'm going with Colorado State here. Tennessee Longwood. This is, again, a, a team that I think was also underseeded uh, by being a three. I think this team, a lot of people think they could have been a two over Duke um, or even Auburn. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You, you get you get part of the, you know, you get selected to a seed and you just play who you need to. 314, again, historically, not a huge amount of um, upsets happen at this line. Longwood shoots the ball particularly well. I guess that's why they've got long in their name. They shoot the three ball well. So that could be something that's concerning. I still think that Tennessee gets through just because of their elite defense. Um, but the three ball is the, you know, is the great equalizer in the game uh, where you, know, you can be a little bit worse. And, and because of the way the three point shot is, if it falls, you know, you can win. But so I'm, I'm, Giving that to say, I'm picking Tennessee, but I understand that that Longwood might do that. I just I think that Tennessee is just more of a two seed, um, and so Longwood might might run into some issues there. Ohio State, uh, uh, Loyola Chicago, um, a lot of people, including the Vegas line. I mean, this is basically a pick'em, including a lot of people even having Loyola Chicago as the favorite favorite here over Ohio State. Um, this is one where I think. Um, Again, you may just kind of have to go. I'm, I'm going to go with Ohio State here um, just because I, I, Loyola Chicago hasn't really jumped out to me too much. I think Ohio State plays in a, in a little bit of a better conference and have ha- ha- they've had some bad losses, but they've had some pretty decent wins. And I'm just going to slightly favor them uh, on this one. Villanova, Delaware. I'm going to go with Villanova. Uh, Colin Galepsi is, I, I think one of the best players in the country and he's been there for a while. He's one of those guys who you watch and you don't know, you know, if they're getting their PhD or something, um, he wins the Brock Miller, uh, you know, scholar of the year, uh, Colin Gillespie does because of how uh, much I've seen him play at Villanova, which is great because that means nothing's going to phase him. I don't see them losing this game or it being particularly close. And so now that we're going through them to the sweet 16, I'm actually having Villanova, 
uh, move past. And I think they move past either Loyola Chicago or, or Ohio State. So if you have them, I don't see Villanova running into any issues here. Colorado State, Tennessee, I see Tennessee going through to set up a delicious uh, Villanova-Tennessee matchup um, in the Sweet 16. And then I do see Arizona facing Houston. I'm uh, Again, I Houston shocked me last year by making it all the way to the Final Four. I thought they might have a shorter you know experience but they won again so i'm gonna at least pencil them to the sweet 16 and 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 uh you know allow coach sampson and and them to continue to to uh move on to the sweet 16 to the second weekend last side of the bracket here the midwest kansas being the one seed kansas over um oh geez this shows you how locked in i was last night i did not even see who won the game last night it doesn't matter kansas is going to move on. I don't think there's going to, they're going to have any issues here. San Diego State versus Creighton. If you want to see offense, if you fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, if you want to learn how to play offensive basketball, how to shoot the ball, how to do it well, stay as far away from this game as possible. This is going to be a rock fight. It's going to be ugly. And it's going to be everything that people hate about college basketball, which is some future business majors and some future investment bankers trying to hit shots. So it's not going to be pretty at all, but nonetheless, they still have to play a game. I still have to pick it. I'm going to pick San Diego state. Probably this again, this is probably my mountain West bias showing. I've just watched a lot of them. I think San Diego state can hang with anyone. Creighton killed my Cougars. Um, So again, that could make me want to pick Creighton, but I'm actually going to go with San Diego state. But again, this is, this is a pick them for whatever you're kind of leaning towards. Both teams are just fantastic defensively. Um, and uh, not that great offensively. So take that in mind as, as you make your pick. Iowa versus Richmond. Richmond Spiders, I've been with, you know, since my junior year of high school. Um, it's when I was obsessed with Spider-Man, when I was obsessed with Emma Stone's portrayal of Gwen Stacy. So I was all about the Spiders, I was all about the Spider-Man, and the Richmond Spiders just immediately jumped into my heart with open arms. Um watch them, hope that they got through. I just don't think they have enough to get past Iowa. Um, Iowa's a super trendy pick for people to even make a sneaky run. They uh, won the Big Ten tournament. They're really hot. They're kind of a Virginia Tech type. Again, how much you buy into the conference tournament success um, is up to you. Regardless, I just don't think that this Richmond team has enough to get through. So I'm looking at it here. (sighs) Oh, yes. Okay. So I do have Indiana over St. Mary's. You, the rule of thumb is basically you should have at least one five twelve uh, pick. That's just historically how it's been. Obviously, that doesn't always have to be the case, but generally that does happen. So I would just see if you have one or if you like one. If you don't, I mean, this could be the year that it goes chalk, but um, it does happen most of the time. So I was just checking to see if I had that. But I just don't think Richmond has enough to get it done. They, You know, some of these some of these uh, 5, 12, you know, 12, 13, 14s, they actually won their conference. They're actually a really good team. They've beaten a lot of opponents. They just play in a smaller conference. Richmond, they did win their tournament, but they were the sixth seed in their tournament. They just made a great run. So again, I just don't know if that travels really well. Um, it wasn't like they were like the third best team or something. So uh, that's where I'm at there. Um, Providence, South Dakota State. As much as I love my spiders, I love my jackrabbits. Um they are awesome. Love the mascot. Love their vibes. Um, and Providence, um, I don't know um, exactly how to articulate this, but Providence, for all intents and purposes, is, according to Stats Nerds, the luckiest team in college basketball. Meaning, um, 
they've played in the most close games and they've lost. So those Aggie fans who are presumably watching this, you know, the Aggies lost a lot of those games where they come down to one, two, three points and you lose them. Providence won most of those games, which people say is actually an element of luck. So even three point shooting percent, um, sometimes if you win a game, but you shoot bad, they say you actually had a little bit of luck there. They basically, it's basically another word for variance, meaning, Sometimes you're going to lose those games. You can't, you know, sometimes you're going to win those games and, and the the breaks often come. So for me, what that means is that you just play in a lot of close games and the result might not matter. So for me, I think um, with, with San Diego, or sorry, South Dakota State's uh, three-point shooting, I just, I just think that it's going to be close. Um, and I think that even uh, South Dakota State can win this one. And, and Providence has just been choppy and played in too many close games and it might come back to bite them, especially where you're not playing at home. The momentum in that building is quickly going to change for the Jackrabbits. They're a really trendy pick. So I think that uh, people in the building will be aware of that and uh, they, they will uh, go from there. Wisconsin versus Colgate. I'm more of a crest guy myself, so I might go with Wisconsin. I think that Wisconsin uh, with Johnny Davis is a team that can make a, a, a big run. Great first name from Johnny Davis. And uh, it just always helps when you have the best player on the floor in those games. It always helps when you have the best player on the floor. And, and if you watch Johnny Davis, this sometimes happens in college basketball where you can go and you could bring your grandma, you could bring your, you know, person who's never watched basketball and you can just sit them there and you can just tell who's good. Johnny Davis is one of those players who he just looks like he is, is good. He just has a certain way of carrying himself similar to kind of Apollo Banchero at, at Duke, just kind of the game moves through him. He, he knows how to just play the game. Like Michael Scott says, basketball is like jazz. He just treats it like jazz and he, he's not afraid to control the tempo, which sometimes um, 18, 19 year old, 20 year old kids kind of start speeding up and trying to do too much, which is why I'm afraid of these turnover teams. Um, but I think that he, he's able to handle that. I skipped past this LSU Iowa state game. This is a tough one because um, LSU actually recently fired their head coach, uh, Will Wade. He was basically dealing in uh, <laughs> some very uh, illegal things, uh, paying for players and, and doing some stuff on the side. Obviously, some of that stuff with the um, NIL might be changing, but basically they are firing him before they, they run into any repercussions. How that's going to affect his team, um, you know, not sure. Um, I think the LSU is, is a team who also has kind of gotten really hot, gotten really cold versus a lot of people. This Iowa State team is a super, super trendy pick. Um, so I'm leaning towards LSU just to at least get past this first one. But again, if you're, if you're kind of looking for some value for upsets, this might be one where Iowa State gets through. I do think that they lose to Wisconsin. Um, but I might go chalk one more time here, but that could change uh, before it's all done. It's, it's just tough when, when you're losing a head ball coach. Uh, to really know what team's going to come out. Are they going to come out and be, you know, inspired? Or are they going to come out and be uh, upset and not be able to go through their emotions? So I'm leaning LSU, but but that could very well uh, not be the case here. I'm not feeling confident about that game. Uh, USC versus uh, Florida, uh, Miami. Um, I'm actually going to go with Miami here. Um, but Miami is a super... Interesting team. This is again USC. They they've had, they brought a lot of people back. 
this one's another tough one. This this Midwest region for me is probably the most difficult just because I think that a lot of these games could break either way besides the one, two, and the three. I think that almost every other game, um, I could have the Jackrabbits and, and even Richmond, I guess I could see them eking out something. This one, I'm just going to go with Miami. I think that they play in the ACC. I like their guard play. Um, I think it's a little bit different. They, I think um, uh, USC is just not able to get it done. And then I do have uh, Miami beating uh, Auburn. Um, in that next game, Auburn's going to move through Jackson State. I just, I, I, I'm not in on Auburn. I think they rely too much on their guard play, and I like Miami's guard play to at least match it and then to get past. So, um, then to LSU, Wisconsin, got Wisconsin going through South Dakota State, Iowa. Um, I'm actually going to go with Iowa there, um, Kansas to go through. So my Sweet 16 teams are Gonzaga, UConn, Texas Tech, Duke, Baylor, Indiana, Virginia Tech, Kentucky. Uh, Arizona, Houston, Tennessee, Villanova, Kansas, Iowa, Wisconsin, Miami. So, as you can see, got quite a bit of chalk there, but I do have um, Indiana, Virginia Tech, and Miami eking it through. And honestly, I mean, a lot of these teams do make the Sweet 16. It's going to get a lot uh, more chalk here. I'm going to try to get this through so we can keep this under under 45 minutes here. Um, so I'll just kind of go through the matchups and, and as we get closer, kind of tell you where I'm leaning. Again, I think Gonzaga um, gets through UConn. I think Gonzaga, there's only a handful of teams that can beat them. They may play one <laughs> in the next round. Um, Texas Tech Duke. This one's tough. Um, I'm going to go with Texas Tech here um, just because I think that defense travels. And, I, and again, I think that they're going to have a they're going to have a week to game plan for Duke. And Duke's had some losses. I mean, at the beginning of the season, Duke was a team that beat Gonzaga. Um, debatably could do it again. Um, but I, I I just am leaning Texas Tech here. I think that they've just got a little bit more going for them. And then Gonzaga going to the Final Four um, is what I have there. Uh, Baylor versus Indiana in that Sweet 16 matchup. Baylor. Virginia Tech, Kentucky, Kentucky. So that one's Chuck there. But then I do have Kentucky moving on to the Final Four to face Gonzaga. Arizona versus Houston, Arizona. Tennessee versus Villanova, Tennessee. Kansas versus Iowa, Kansas. Wisconsin, Miami, Wisconsin. Arizona, Tennessee. uh, Arizona, Kansas, Wisconsin, Kansas. So my final four is Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, Kansas. So kind of chalky. Uh, but again, I just think that the ones, ones, uh, the one line is super strong, and I think that Kentucky, uh, you know, just with their skill, probably could have been a, a, a one team at some point in the season. Obviously, not everyone can be a one seed. Then I do have Kentucky beating Gonzaga, and I do have Kansas beating Kentucky. So two K teams in the final. Um, people love the West Coast teams. I've seen a lot of people who have actually the opposite, which is Gonzaga and Arizona. Um, I like Kentucky and Kansas. Um, and then uh, Kentucky to to win the national championship for John Calipari to to hoist another trophy. It's been, I think, 10, 10 years. I think the last time they won was in 2012. Um, so I'm picking Kentucky there. Like I said, we're, we're kind of speculating deep into it. I hope to, to pick some winners for you, um, at least for this first weekend. We can circle back next week, kind of go over what went wrong. Uh, where where we make up the difference and and provide maybe some some, some feedback and and the pick the next weekend and, and go from there so thanks for listening appreciate it uh and yeah the show goes on we'll talk to you next week